No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we'll see that as Jacob's wealth increased, so did the envy of Laban's sons, and Laban's attitude toward him changed. After living in Paden Aram for 20 years, it was now necessary for Jacob to return to Canaan. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Genesis chapter 31 on Simply the Bible. Jacob had served his uncle Laban 14 years for his two wives and an additional six years building up his own household. Now he was a wealthy man, but his wealth drew the envy of Laban's sons. We pick it up in Genesis chapter 31. Now Jacob heard the words of Laban's sons, saying, Jacob has taken away all that was our father's, and from what was our father's he has acquired all this wealth. And Jacob saw the countenance of Laban, and indeed it was not favorable toward him as before. The slander of others, especially those close to us, is a dagger to the heart. The accusation of Jacob's brothers-in-law was unfounded. Jacob had acted in integrity, upholding the terms of his agreement with Laban. It was the Lord who had prospered him. To say that Jacob had taken all that belonged to their father was a gross exaggeration. What about the flocks they were caring for? But clearly, circumstances had changed. Before, Laban was willing to do anything to keep Jacob around. But now he looked at Jacob with an evil eye. If there was one thing Laban could not stand, it was somebody else profiting more than him. Verse 3. Then the Lord said to Jacob, Return to the land of your fathers and to your family, and I will be with you. Six years earlier, Jacob wanted to leave, but had received no word from the Lord. Evidently, it wasn't God's time yet. God had left Jacob in Paden Aram another six years, probably so that he would prosper. But now it was time to go home. Jacob had a change in circumstances coupled with the word of the Lord. Perhaps your circumstances have changed and things are not as they once were. Maybe others are critical of you, or maybe you've become critical of others. Don't assume that it is time to move quite yet, for God could be teaching you patience in this circumstance that you're in. Rather, pray in faith and wait upon the Lord for his word. Verse 4. So Jacob sent and called Rachel and Leah to the field, to his flock, and said to them, I see your father's countenance, and it is not favorable toward me as before, but the God of my father has been with me. Matthew Henry writes, Husbands that love their wives will communicate their purposes and intentions to them. Where there is a mutual affection, there will be mutual confidence. Jacob called Rachel and Leah into the field where he kept his flock because he wanted to openly discuss the matter with them. Leaving would mean uprooting them from their family and from everything they had known. So he told them that their father's attitude had changed, but that God had been with him. One of God's greatest blessings to a man is a loving wife in whom his heart can fully trust. For Jacob, even though there had been trouble at home with sister wives who were really rivals, he felt that he could confide in them. Verse 6. And you know 
that with all my might I have served your father. Yet your father has deceived me and changed my way just ten times. But God did not allow him to hurt me. If he said thus, the speckled shall be your wages, then all the flocks bore speckled. And if he said thus, the streaked shall be your wages, then all the flocks bore streaked. So God has taken away the livestock of your father and given them to me. Laban had been an extremely difficult person to work for. He had the mindset that winner takes all, and he always had to win. In six years, he changed Jacob's wages ten times. That's almost the average of once every six months, manipulating the situation to better serve himself. Because Jacob knew that he was being taken advantage of, it would have been easy for him to return evil for evil. But he didn't do that. He took the high road and continued to serve Laban with all his might. Verse 10, And it happened at the time when the flocks conceived that I lifted my eyes and saw in a dream. And behold, the rams which leaped upon the flocks were streaked, speckled, and gray-spotted. The angel of God spoke to me in a dream, saying, Jacob, and I said, Here I am. And he said, Lift your eyes now and see. All the rams which leap on the flocks are streaked, speckled, and gray-spotted. For I have seen all that Laban is doing to you. I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed the pillar and where you made a vow to me. Now arise, get out of this land, and return to the land of your family. Jacob related a dream that he had while Laban's flocks conceived. He saw that the males that were mating were streaked, speckled, and gray-spotted. In reality, they were solid-colored, for this was Jacob's agreement with Laban. But they appeared streaked, speckled, and spotted in the dream because God was bringing forth this kind of offspring to bless Jacob and increase his flock. It wasn't Jacob's ingenuity, but the hand of the Lord that accomplished this. For the one who catches the crafty in their craftiness saw all that Laban was doing. God had not forgotten his promise to Jacob to keep him wherever he went, nor had he forgotten that Jacob in Bethel had anointed a pillar and made a vow to make Yahweh his God and to give him a tenth of all he received. Though twenty years had passed, nothing had faded in the mind of God. He was and would always remain the God of Bethel. We can rest assured that God sees all that is happening to us. He remembers his covenant to us in Christ, that he will never leave us nor forsake us. If we trust in him, he will work all things together for our good. Verse 14, Then Rachel and Leah answered and said to him, Is there still any portion or inheritance for us in our father's house? Are we not considered strangers by him? For he has sold us and also completely consumed our money. For all these riches which God has taken from our father are really ours and our children's. Now then, whatever God has said to you, do it. Rachel and Leah didn't usually agree on anything, but they did agree on this. They had seen all that Laban had done, how he sold them to get 14 years of labor out of Jacob and then treated them without fatherly affection. It was the father's duty to be a steward of the dowry and keep it for his daughter in case she was divorced or widowed. But Laban had squandered it on himself. 
The resentment that brewed in their hearts against their father was evident. Rachel and Leah recognized the divine justice in taking from their father and giving to Jacob and to them and to their children. If they left home, they were leaving nothing of value behind. Laban had prized possessions over people, and now he was reaping broken relationships. It is tragic when the love of money destroys family relationships. We must all choose between people and possessions. Rachel and Leah said, go for it. Do what God has told you to do. One of the best things a wife can do for her husband is to support him in the thing that he believes God is calling him to do. Verse 17. Then Jacob rose and set his sons and his wives on camels, and he carried away all his livestock and all his possessions which he had gained, his acquired livestock which he had gained and paid in Aram, to go to his father Isaac in the land of Canaan. No doubt Jacob planned for this day, putting everything in order and waiting for the right opportunity to make his getaway. Part of Jacob's agreement with Laban was that he would keep his flocks a three-day journey away from Laban's. As clever as he was, Jacob probably already had his flocks as far away as possible from Laban in the southwesterly direction of Canaan. He wanted to get a clear head start. Verse 19, Now Laban had gone to shear his sheep, and Rachel had stolen the household idols that were her father's. Laban had gone to shear his sheep, giving Jacob the golden opportunity to leave. Jacob was unaware that Rachel had slipped away and stolen the household idols of Laban. Now, why did she do it? Had she not experienced the power of the true and living God, who answered her prayer and gave her her dear son, Joseph? What need did she now have for these little idols? But we must remember that Rachel and Leah had grown up in an idolatrous home. You can see why God called Abraham out of that environment to begin with. You can also see why God was now calling Jacob to get his family out of there. God had a wonderful plan for Jacob and his family, and there was no room for any other God but Yahweh. But Rachel couldn't quite let go of what she had known. Whether by superstition that her father could use these gods against them, or by revering them herself, Rachel did not want to leave home without them. She did not dare reveal this to Jacob, for she knew that he wouldn't approve. She simply hid them with her baggage. Rachel is like many believers, who having met the living God through his son Jesus Christ, find it hard to let go of their worldly attachments. They hold on to their little idols. Now, if you think about it, it's an impotent God who can be hidden in a bag. Of course, we're beyond all this, right? We don't carry little idols around with us, do we? What about our smartphones? How many are bowing at the altar of sexual idolatry by viewing pornography on their phone? If Christians weren't in danger of idolatry, then John the Apostle wasted his words when he said, Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Verse 20, And Jacob stole away, unknown to Laban the Syrian, in that he did not tell him that he intended to flee. So he fled with all that he had. He rose and crossed the river, that is the Euphrates, 
and headed toward the mountains of Gilead. There is a play on words in the original language. Rachel stole the household idols and Jacob stole away. This family was accustomed to deceiving and being deceived. It really wasn't right for Jacob to steal away when Laban was gone. We will see that Jacob did it because he was afraid. But the Bible says in Proverbs 29:25, the fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Jacob was afraid that Laban wouldn't let him take his wives, children, and possessions and leave. He feared confrontation with Laban. I can relate to Jacob. Some people seem to love confrontation. I don't. I would rather avoid it if at all possible. But I've learned the hard way that when confrontation is necessary, if I procrastinate, then things only get worse. Now, when I want to get into somebody's face, that's usually not the time for me to do it. I've learned to wait until I don't really want to confront, but I feel that the Lord is putting it upon my heart. And then I pray for God's wisdom and timing and lots of grace. If God told Jacob to go home to the land of his father, then wouldn't he have protected him? Of course. Laban may have objected, but God would have been Jacob's defense. Jacob believed God, but he was still acting like Jacob, the heel catcher. However, soon he would be Israel, the one governed by God. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at Pepper Ridge Elementary School in Boise. To listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or to find out more about the church, go by their website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. We'd love to hear from you. Next week, we're going to see that after Jacob stole away, Uncle Laban hotly pursued him until the two confronted each other. We hope you'll join us as we continue through the book of Genesis right here on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.